0: an Army chaplain. My soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. And today I deleted um, my meditation on Moses and the golden calf. I felt like I didn't provide enough context. I had one uh, listener live talk to me about it later, and I realized like I probably didn't say some of the things we're dealing with violence that's sanctioned by God and Moses and I probably didn't do a good enough job or I feel like I didn't do a good enough job explaining that so maybe tomorrow I'll dive into that a little more deeply but uh, that just so you know that part is deleted and we're gonna get a little bit about the Moravians today and count von Zinzendorf whose feast day we celebrate but if you'd like to hear more about divine violence God's violence in the Bible um, that might be a f- more fruitful um, issue. So let me know. Contact me through the app, auto- through the uh, anchor app, or runnermonk at gmail.com. Pray a collect for peace, O God, the author of peace and lover of concord. To know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May 10th, the uh, day the church recognizes Count von Zinzendorf. You may not know him as a household name, but um, Nicholas Ludwig von Zinzendorf um, was a prophetic witness. He died in 1760, so just a few years before American Revolution. Um, he was a count, so a landed uh, noble of the Holy Roman Empire and um, was uh, living I guess in the area of the world that is now called Germany. Um, he had a religious interest in, um, he had an interest in religious matters rather than the affairs of court from an early age. He studied at a pietist center in Hala. Um Pietism was a movement that came out of the very established and orderly state Lutheran church. There was a movement within it and sort of outside it of pietism to look at the inner life um, of, of the spiritual life and how Jesus is part of our life and story in a very deeper personal way. It's one of the precursors to American and worldwide evangelicalism. Um, but pietism was just getting started at that time. It's always existed in one form or another, but I think um, it's noted to be here. He developed the theology of the heart, which placed a great emphasis on a close personal relationship with a suffering Savior. This heart religion was not just inner emotion, however, but was a result of a life totally devoted to the Savior. All of life becomes liturgy, said Zinzendorf. And even the most mundane tasks can be acts of worship. This was the really outworking of the, of the Protestant Reformation. Where it, before the Reformation, um, the only people who were really thought to have a spiritual life were monks and nuns, because they lived in a cloistered environment and everything was devoted to praying while you washed the dishes and praying while you, you know, tended the garden and. And I'm sure other people, Christians at that time, did those sorts of things um, consciously. But the Reformation really said that kind of spirituality, where you um, pray as you work throughout your day, um, should really be for everybody. And what we're doing at morning prayer is a way of doing that as well. We are taking a monk service or nun service that was done in a monastery before the Reformation, and we're doing it as real life people with all the things that we do. If you can't make it to morning prayer, I mean, you're all here, so you did. Um, You know, the podcast is a good one to listen while you're commuting um, or just reading something out of the prayer book um, to keep that rhythm of prayer as best you can. Uh, He was a champion of the underdog. He was granted asylum to Bohemia um, with many other Protestant exiles um, from his uh, area of, of the world. Um, Following a unifying experience on August 13, 1727, in their settlement of Hernhut on his estate, um, he had a big estate as a count, um, the old church of the Unitas Fratrum, the Bohemian Brethren, was reborn and developed a rich liturgical and devotional life. This became known as the Moravian Church, which is still around today, um, as it came to be called and launched pioneer missionary work, first to the Caribbean and then around the world. Zinzendorf himself became a bishop and devoted his personal fortune to furthering the work of the church. The Moravian church was a missionary church. I've probably said this before, but um, the way they evangelized in the Caribbean was to take young members of the church and sell them into indentured servitude, um, seven-year contracts to work as indentured servants, which was just one step above Um, the experience of African enslaved people in the Caribbean. Um, They certainly had fewer rights than any other of the settlers, um, and yet they did have more protection than the uh, African settlers or the African enslaved people that were in the Caribbean. But they were there to reach them. They were there to be among the enslaved people of the Caribbean, which um, if you look at American slavery during this time, um, the slavery that happened in the Caribbean um, and the uh, experiences of horrific violence there were far, uh, on a far greater scale than even anything that happened in the American um, continent as there were um, just harsher treatment um, in these isolated islands that nobody could really see um, uh, up close. Uh, slave, the institution of American and Caribbean slavery was awful all around, and yet particularly um, gruesome here in the Caribbean. And that's where these missionaries went. Um, They went to be with people that were suffering because they believe that when you get close to the suffering of Jesus, you have to get close to the suffering of the world. We cannot insulate ourselves from the suffering of the world. And Zinzendorf and his his band um, definitely believe that. They came to America, They came to um, the area now known as Pennsylvania. I think it was still Pennsylvania then when they settled before the American Revolution. It was Penn's Woods um, there. And their journey was rather arduous from the port in Philadelphia. And they arrived on Christmas Eve um, and decided to settle there along the river, the Lehigh River, um, in a place called Bethlehem. Because it was Christmas Eve when they arrived there. Later, they went to Nazareth, or established the town of Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Um, Bruce Springsteen's famous song, Speedway at Nazareth. Um, I I lived and pastored in a church in Quakertown, Pennsylvania, named for the Quakers, uh, about seven or ten miles from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where the Moravians still live. Moravian College is, I think, the second oldest college in America. It's one in the top three. Of old schools, um, so their 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 evangelism uh, and piety and common life was an example to all other Protestants, and definitely had an influence on people here in Texas. Um, the closest we have to Moravians are Moravians who are technically known as Czech Brethren. Um, that's that goes back to the Bohemian Brethren, the Unitas Fratrum, that. Zinzendorf was part of in Bohemia, and many of those people came here to central Texas and settled in the area um, from here, I think, all the way um, further north and east of here, and certainly west of here as well. If you go on I-35 to drive to Dallas, you will see the Czech stop. Um, That is um, a Moravian place for sure. Um, And We are in full communion with the Moravian Church. The Episcopal Church is in full communion. We can have ministers that minister in both places. Um, We are a little bit larger, so we tend to see more Episcopal ministers in Moravian places than we see Moravian ministers in Episcopal places. But we do have that shared full communion and understanding of our common apostolic heritage. Um, He wrote a hymn, that says this Christian hearts in love united seek alone in Jesus rest has he not your love excited then let love inspire each breast members on our head depending light reflecting him our son brethren his commands attending we in him our Lord are one One of the beautiful practices of the Moravian Church is to always share uh, friendship bread after communion. Uh, Unconsecrated bread is shared by all, and it's kind of like a a donut kind of thing. Um, Always a nice touch um, to include all visitors to your church. Um, uh, Probably the origins of the coffee hour after communion are, are from the Moravian experience all the way back then. God of new life in Christ, we remember the bold witness of your servant Nicholas von Zinzendorf, through whom your spirit moved to draw many to faith and conversion of life. We pray that we, like him, may rejoice to sing your praise through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.